The Day the Earth Stood Still is a science fiction classic. While its plot is heavily tied to the nuclear era in which it was created, the underlying parable is timeless and just as effective 70 years later. So some Hollywood executive thought, why not let the genius mind behind Hellraiser 5 have a crack at it? And thus, we're here today to discuss the 2008 blockbuster remake of The Day the Earth Stood Still. Welcome everyone to the Atomic Cinema Experiment. I am Peter and joining me as always is Tara. Greetings citizens. And of course, this is a science fiction movie podcast. We get together, we watch a sci-fi movie and we talk about it. And for some reason, when Tara had carte blanche and could pick anything she wanted to do on the show, uh, it's, not, it's not actually her birthday anymore, it was her birthday like two weeks ago, but <laughs> but we had something scheduled as a birthday pick, and for some reason she decided to pick the remake of The Day the Earth Stood Still. That's right. Would you care to explain this pick? Um, I'd seen this movie in the theaters, and mostly because, you know, I've been thinking about the day the earth still since strange new worlds used it in their pilot episode i thought we should probably revisit that i want to do that and i know it's like an easy watch because i remember watching it before so i thought let's just knock this out it'd be good it'd be good to do the comparison you know yeah and that's worth mentioning our first ever episode was the original day the earth stood still yeah we're, we're long overdue to do the reboot yeah, if it was ever necessary at all, I suppose. I think that's open for debate. But, uh, yeah, this is the Keanu Reeves starring movie. I actually had a nasty surprise, because I had seen this not long after it came out as well. I barely remembered anything about it. I remember Keanu Reeves and Jennifer Connelly were in it, uh, but that was about it. I remembered a lot of bad CG, uh, and we'll discuss if that, if that memory was accurate as, as we go into it later. But... Uh, what I didn't know about this film, and probably because I didn't know who it was when I first saw this, is when I was watching it for this, and the opening titles were playing out, it got to the end of them, and it said, directed by Scott Derrickson, and I had a shiver go down my spine. And I'm like, this guy is shit. Like, this movie? Doctor Strange and Sinister? Like, this guy is horrible. I don't hate Scott Derrickson like you do. Like, I don't mind Sinister. I thought that was okay. Watch some good scares. Mm. I don't mind. Didn't you do like uh, was, uh, the Exorcism of Emily Rose? Yeah, I haven't seen that though. <laughs> I don't mind that one. I mean, it's a little disappointing, but like, it's not. It wasn't a bad watch. Some of the scenes really stuck with me. Same with Sinister. I, I and like I. What's the other one? Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange was fine. I know you don't like it, but like. I'm. I don't know. I'm neutral on him. I don't know. <laughs> this isn't the same kind of hate as like the Resident Evil guy. Oh, Paul W.S. Anderson is worse, but, like, like uh, this guy's got a ceiling of, like, a 5 out of 10. Like, that, that's that's where his ceiling is. <laughs> so, there's nothing to be excited about. When I when I see his name, because part of me went into this thinking, oh, maybe, maybe I'm misremembering, maybe I was in a bad mood when I saw it, maybe, maybe it'll work better for me this time. And I saw his name and went, oh. <laughs> oh, no. It was written by somebody else, I don't know who it was, excuse me, but. I don't, I don't know who David Scarpet is. That's the writer uh, who adapted the the original screenplay. Um, I I don't I, yeah. I mean, my my bigger problem with Derrickson though tends to be his directing style. As a, I mean, I'm sure he has a hand in how the script is handled and translated to the screen and all that. But um, I don't like how he directs. I don't like his like pacing and of editing obviously he's not the one editing it directly but you know what i mean like he's still the one making those calls of like how quickly cut it should be and things like that and mm -hmm. i i don't know there's something really like just generic hollywood about he cuts these movies together that just feels very basic to me you know the movie reminds me of uh like the first transformers a lot this one like watching it I, mean, I just have i have flashes of the first transformer movies the michael bay one um, and also, uh, War of the Worlds is Steven Spielberg, War of the Worlds. Well, this is only a year after the first Transformers, and it's uh, about three years after the Spielberg War of the Worlds, so mm -hmm. th those are not wild 
things to compare it to, really. Um, I, yeah, so if you don't know the premise of Day of the Earth, still, I should, I should get that out of the way before we get into this. We'll start spoiler-free, of course. We'll give you warning before we get to spoilers. Uh, but the basic gist of the original... I'll I'll, actually, I'll, I'll give you the original premise first, and then we can kind of expand on it from there. So the original movie is an alien comes down in a spaceship named Klaatu. Uh, Klaatu Reeves. I, I, I joke. Uh, Klaatu comes down, and he wants to meet... Uh, with the leaders of the world he wants to like give them a message but of course no one is going to let him just walk up to the president and you know other leaders uh he he faces resistance but he gets help from some people he meets a scientist and it's all about uh this the idea is the aliens have started to notice earth because now earth has nuclear weapons that they could be dangerous now so we kind of have to step in and tell them to cut it out (laughs) because this is like a bad a bad path to go down and so it's, it's a very you know socially conscious film with the moral the original film uh the remake because no one's really talking about nuclear weapons anymore uh shifts it to more of a climate change discussion and but the basic gist is still kind of the same it's a lot more action based it's a lot glossier and over the top and how it introduces things but essentially it's the same thing where an alien named Klaatu comes down in this case it's played by Keanu Reeves and he wants to meet with the UN at least I mean he says that the rest of the movie doesn't really like follow up in that but <laughs> he does say that <laughs> initially um and of course it's a lot more action is a lot more CG is a lot more explosions and near-death scenarios is you know the original film is very much this like you know thinking science fiction piece where it's more mm-hmm. about trying to have a conversation uh I mean, it's not a one-to-one, but in a lot of ways, it's what you think about. You think about the original Star Trek series, then you think about J.J. Abrams, like, doing his movie. <laughs> it's very much yeah. that transition. Uh, perhaps an even bigger one in this case. Uh, because at least Star Trek in the 60s still kind of tried to have a bit of action, even though it was limited by its, like, resources at the time. Whereas, mm-hmm. the Earth still didn't really do much action, right? There's, okay, there's the one sequence when they first land and the army's kind of there, and there's, there's a little bit of tension, but it's not... It's not the focus of the movie uh, outright. It creates tension in other ways, by and large. So, yes. Uh, Jennifer Connelly is the scientist lady who ends up sort of befriending him. Uh, she has a stepson that she's been sort of saddled with because her partner died. Um, and I did not notice this. I just noticed his name in the IMDb. Uh, this was Jane Smith. So we'll talk about him. That's right. Uh, I didn't notice it was him in the movie. I didn't recognize him. Uh What? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. Lots of Jaden Smith fans out there would be happy to hear that he's in this. Is there? <laughs> <laughs> well, Smith has fans. I, 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 don't, I don't know if Jaden Smith has fans. I'll stick up for him for two films. I liked um, Pursuit of Happiness. He was so cute in that. Oh, my God. Um, but he was much younger. Oh, not that much younger, I guess. And then, um, I actually enjoy the Karate Kid remake with him. I haven't seen it. Good. Yeah. Did that movie... Ad- right. Wait, did that movie address, though, that Jackie Chan's not Japanese? And yeah, it's karate? Well, it takes place in China. <laughs> so it's not karate? I don't think so, no. So it's so, just the title. <laughs> so the title's a complete lie. <laughs> I'm sure. I, I never saw it, but... It's still a good movie. I'll tell you a word for it. I, I did not see it. Um, yeah, we also have John Cleese, John Hamm. I'm sure some other Johns in there somewhere, but uh, <laughs> those, those two there. Yeah, I was surprised to see both of them in there. I forgot that they were in it. Well, John, I John Hamm wasn't a name yet. So. Yeah, this is I think this around the same time as Mad Men was starting. So this this would have been like right just as he was going to become mm-hmm. someone who people knew. Uh, John Cleese, I obviously know, but I didn't know. I didn't remember he was in it. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, so. Oh, Kathy Bates as well. Kathy Bates is like the, the political government person who's given orders. You seem so bored describing this movie. <laughs> You've got like zero energy. Because <laughs> it's shit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Don't give all of your thoughts away all at once. <laughs> well, I mean, to, to sum it up, right, without having to get into anything, it's... 
like the movie starts off just kind of like clinical and like hollow right it starts off as a hollow hollywood movie that just feels like it's missing kind of the point of the original film but then as it goes it gets worse like see by the time you get to the second half and you have like what's going to happen to the world and you have like all these like really like some of the cg in this and there's so much cg and you don't need it that's the thing you watch the original day of the earth stood still and there's like almost no need for anything to be replaced the one thing that stuck out in that movie that has been a little dated was the robot gort Gort the robot and honestly i think it looks worse than this one i would agree yeah the cg just doesn't work for gort in this yeah I'm shocked. If there was one thing I would assume was better, if there was one thing, I mean, obviously the design might have changed and that's like a more subjective thing we could like critique. Yeah, he's like four stories tall. Yeah. But yeah, but he's otherwise got the same kind of like design. Like they've, they've, they've remained faithful yeah. to the shape and kind of the, the one like, you know, eye beam kind of thing. Right. But he just looks bad though. Like the actual texture and just. It just looks um, like this big he fake just looks thing. CG to me. That's yeah. all. Not. I wouldn't say it's a bad design. I just think he looks CG. Like you said, it's kind of just an updated uh, well, design from the original. Well, that's what I'm saying. The design's not the problem because they haven't really changed it. Really. It, it, no. it, 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 I mean, they've made him bigger, but like other than that, I mean, it, he's kind of intimidating when he first shows up. Uh, he's pretty intimidating. Nah, then, Joey, no, Joey reminds me of. He reminds me of the villain in the first Thor movie. You know, they've got the big sort of robot-y thing. From the Asgard. frost giant thing? No, oh, no, 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 no. The robot thing, the, the the destroyer, whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was giving me that vibes. But it looked a bit worse. <laughs> Which, admittedly, it's like... Oh, it's three years before that, so I guess technically it should look worse than that, but... Uh, yeah. But I, I was gobsmacked by how bad he looked, and that's quite early on in the film. And then there's, there's, there's other bad... There's like CGI helicopters later on that look really bad uh the cg like drones that look really bad there's a moment later on in the film where jennifer Connelly and uh jane smith like walk out uh it's right near the end of the film i won't spoil what's going on but as they're walking the ground is cg and it looks really like stupid because they're kind of mm. like the shadows don't quite hit it properly and it's like it's just got that disconnect you know that when someone touches something that's not really there so it's cg and there's that kind of like like it's that but it's like every footstep's that <laughs> so it's really jarring and just looked really bad and it's not i mean obviously the cg is not the worst of this movie's problems there's, there's you know like it it, it it wants to tackle climate change it basically doesn't really answer any of those questions it doesn't actually the the the, the, the arc in the movie should be the humans but it's actually clatu who has the arc so i'll get into that and that's kind of stupid <laughs> like there's so much that doesn't work yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, the whole thing is like, oh, humans are screwed up the planet. This is why the aliens need to step in. But, like, the movie's then about, like, no, humans are worth saving. Uh, <laughs> regardless of how much shit they're doing to the planet. Yeah. So, there's, you know. So. Anyway, uh, uh, you know, we'll get into all that stuff in detail and spoilers. Uh, what do you think of the Day of the Earth Stood Still remake? Well, <clears throat> to start off, I'll say that I really love the original i do I actually watched it again this morning because i just wanted to have it fresh for comparison and it's still a 10 in my book i think the original movie is so good and such a great message and great tension great it's just so much frustration so much emotion comes out of me when i watch that movie the kid's amazing um gort even though yeah he, he looks a little dated i still love him i love a good robot um I love uh, Klaatu in there is very stoic and intimidating, but still, uh, what, you think this is all leading up to something? I'm just <laughs> laughing because, like, you're being very enthusiastic right now, but you're, you're to do it, you're actually having to talk about the original to, to, to have this positivity, which makes me think that there's <laughs> going to be a swerve in a minute. <laughs> I will say that this version of the film, I understand why they're doing climate change, and I think it makes sense for the time that it's coming out. Um, I don't hate the themes of it, but it just pales in comparison when you watch the original. The original just gets so much out of me. And I, it's it's a lot of the, the dialogue between like Klaatu and like the politicians are, is just straight from the original film. But I don't feel that frustration anymore. And it might just be because of the way it's directed or edited, but I'm, 
I'm not getting the the reactions that the original movie does, and it's you know like a what almost seven year old film, <laughs> sixty seven year old film. So like, well, I think yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't think that the movie is as bad as you're saying it is, but I do think it's a failure of a film. Right. So we've we've got a, a, a range here of absolute turd to. A failure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I think it is a failure. I think it's just you know, it just doesn't. If you're gonna remake I mean, a classic and put a modern day spin on it, then like, sure, I'm all for it. But I, I can agree it with it. <laughs> I can agree with failure. I think one of the reasons why the dialogue that's just lifted from the original doesn't work is because in the original, Klaatu is being very peaceful and he's trying to just have a conversation with the right people and they're not listening to him and that makes it very frustrating. Whereas this movie, it goes out of its way to make Klaatu kind of disgusting because he has this whole birthing thing before he becomes human looking and <laughs> it's, it's, it's like, you know, you can just sort of see like, well, why would he look human? We have to sort of do this. Oh, so maybe they, like, he intentionally changes into a human so there's like a like a gestation period like it's just like oh you can just you can you can almost hear the writer's room well sure because like doing just a clatu that looks like a human um i mean he has to look human because he has to walk among us but then why would he look human you know like i i understand what why they went through that and i was okay with it i'm clearly you're not okay with it but but it makes sense like you know for a modern day film you can't just have him show up and look like a man anymore you well, have don't to make have the it still make something new but that's the whole point is to make a new film about climate change, but use the same premise because it was very effective, you know? Well, all you're going to get is comparisons. And like, this is what, to the point I was getting at, though, is that you have this, like, oh, we're going to make him more alien and more kind of disgusting. And he's going to come off inherently more like antagonistic to the humans because they're going to be more antagonistic to him if not in the actual words they're saying and certainly in the implications and how they talk to him so like every like i can't believe this movie like this movie made me side with him like i i wanted the humans to die in this movie i hated them jaden smith is awful in this this kid in this movie is a nightmare yeah i mean they did it on purpose um for like the theme of the film or whatever of humanity but it's it's still yeah it's irritating and i but, i don't think he's a terrible child actor but he's not good in this at all but you, you you can have like a layered character where you get the same point across without it being just this one note constant annoying same beat over and over again which is my dad is dead like there's a, there's a moment where he hugs you're not my real mom <laughs> There's a moment where he hugs Jennifer Conley and he has this really awful delivery of I, th I think it's uh he left me or something like that but he just he yells it out into her into her arm as he's hugging her and it just it made yeah. me laugh because it was so it was just you awful. You know what I, I had flashes of uh, Moonfall with uh, <laughs> with Halle Berry and her son in that he was so bad. <laughs> yes. Bad in a good way though. Bad in a way that I enjoyed watching. I would agree that you could compare this film to Moonfall in many ways. Yes, I agree with that. Well, I really like Moonfall. <laughs> Moonfall is a lot of stupid fun, and you can you're, me on that. Your delusions <laughs> are not Moonfall up for debate here. You're, you're crazy. <laughs> Moonfall is so much fun. Anyway, back to this film. I think that, yeah, especially because, like, all right, we're just going to compare everything to the original because it's a masterpiece but like the relationship between Klaatu and the young boy in that movie was really special because it was it was like just you know the kid just saw him as a, a guy who an older man who had everything figured out where I come from we don't have wars oh that's a good idea <laughs> you know <laughs> just the simplicity of uh of the way he thinks and um it's just such a special relationship and in this I mean, he and <laughs> Jane and Smith are just antagonistic the entire time. Like, he's just in the way, you know. Oh, J Jane Smith repeatedly says things like, we should kill him, we should kill him, Mom. Like, yeah. We should just <laughs> kill the alien. Definitely not the same relationship at all. <laughs> but, I, I mean, I see why they did it, why they went that direction for this film, because of the whole idea that humans can't change until, yeah. like, they're at the brink. Yeah, but here's the problem. Know? That is the second time you've said... I can see why they made this choice in this film. The problem is, is that there's 
understanding why they technically made a choice and why in theory it should work and it's another to actually for it to make sense in the movie and actually achieve a result and mm-hmm. if it didn't achieve a result then they did something wrong with the execution and therefore it's a problem like when i make fun of I'm saying the movie is a failure when i make fun of this movie and i i yell about things that are in it i'm not it's not me necessarily saying that every single individual idea is a horrible idea on its own i'm saying that it doesn't work to achieve the effect that i think this movie wants to achieve and not just because i'm compared to what the original achieved but just like what this movie set out to be by the end it, it makes us want to be like ah yes he's seen how beautiful humanity is so maybe he's not going to like you know let horrible things happen to the earth um and then it, it just i don't know like I, the characters are actively either very one note and blank or unlikable and that's a problem and you compare that to the original where like the woman that he he talks to and the the boy right both feel very kind of like warm relationships where you can sort of tell that like he will truly regret if he has to like destroy the planet or if he has to like whatever the you know uh, he's going to let Gort destroy the planet or whatever it is and when he encounters like resistance from various people, I mean, resistance from the military or for politicians. It's this frustrating thing where they're not being like just obst. Kathy Bates in this movie, right? She's the politician government figure, and the way she responds to everything in this with such aggression and such like not even trying to understand what he's saying to them or what he's asking for. Like, I get why she's going to say, like, oh, you can't just walk in and talk to everyone at the UN, right? That's, like, you have to have kind of clearance, you know, those those procedures, all that stuff. I get why she says that, but she immediately is, like, so hostile to every suggestion to do with Keanu Reeves in this movie. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's the other thing. Like, Klaatu in this movie has, like, various superpowers and, like, you know, these over-the-top... alien these over-the-top things that are like some of them are quite laughable there's a a lie detector scene in the way i like that scene <laughs> oh my god it's hilariously bad i like that scene i thought it was kind of fun Be- especially because Klaatu, i love you keanu reeves but you're pretty dull in this he's <laughs> like super boring <laughs> but at least we got like one moment where like he does something to a person where he's like oh what's up here okay we'll just see what's what this is going on and you know it was kind of interesting I, I thought that scene was all right that one was a standout to me and there's another scene later on that i won't spoil okay well i get i guess we'll go to the spoilers in a minute then but i just like i really need to reiterate that this movie is it's them trying to make a blockbuster out of something that was never supposed to be a blockbuster and I, I think it, I think making it, making the day they are still a blockbuster completely misses the point of what it is, um, and that's where I stand. Okay. I mean, it's just trying to do the War of the Worlds again. Kinda, I guess. Kind of the same thing, right? Like it wasn't a blockbuster, and they made it a blockbuster, and they put Tom Cruise in it, and had Steven Spielberg, and you know they made a fine well, film, and not a great film, but fine. I guess. I mean, War of the Worlds, at least I can see why that translates to being a blockbuster. Like, I can see, like, oh, if they had the technology at the time, they probably would have shown more, you know, battles and stuff with the aliens, like, or whatever. Like, I, I understand that, the logic of that one, for, you know, for better or worse or however it turned out, you know, in, in the remake. But with Day of the Earth stood still, it's like, no, this film was perfect. It worked exactly as it was. Whereas War of the Worlds, at least, I, you know, I, when I do watch a movie like that, I go, yeah, this is very limited by its, its time period. Uh, but Day of the still was, was perfect. It didn't need to be touched. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree. It's a, it is a perfect film. Um, I love that film. It does, when I watch it again, it, it does remind me of, like, The Twilight Zone. Like, it just the same, around the same time when it was out. And it's just very, um, you could see it being a two-parter Twilight Zone. Like, if they ever did a two-parter, you know for like the hour long episodes <laughs> where it would uh, probably be a standout, you know? Um, but it's, you're right. Like it is more of a, more of a talky film than it is a shooty film. Yeah. And it's the better for it. And I, 
I, I think this is just a hollow CG filled Hollywood movie. Like, I, there's no soul to this. Uh, it is completely empty. Yeah, I mean, it, there is something to say about like when we watched the original, and I was just so blown away by it, knowing that I had seen this version before and going, I just don't remember how I felt at all watching that movie. Yeah, because you'd watched the, the when we did the original, that was your first time watching it, right? That was my first time, yeah. yeah. Oh. And I had seen this one in theaters. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I, there's, I have nothing to recommend with this. I would say skip this at all costs. It is, it is just a soulless experience. And go watch the original instead. It's much better. Uh, so, spoilers. Uh, full spoilers for The Day They Are to Still Remake from 2008. You've been warned. Um, so, there's a scene at the start, and I, like... I was waiting for it to be relevant, like the whole movie. I was waiting for it to come back up. So as I say at the start, before the titles, which is set in 1928, where a human, presumably, uh, where they got the, the image of Klaatu from, uh, Keanu Reeves is like, you know, he's in the, the, the snowy mountains in India, and he encounters this orb that's already here, and it, like, marks his hand, and it's like he's taking a sample of DNA so that one day it can... You know, turn turn someone into like like him, and I'm like, okay, I guess they felt the need to explain why he looks like Keanu Reeves when I don't think anyone was ever going to ask that question. <laughs> well, certainly not in the original movie, but in this one they might, because it's a modern day thing. You can't really get away with 50s sci-fi logic. Why why why, why does it matter? Why why the, you know what human he looks like? Well, I mean, I guess they don't have to explain how they got it but like explaining that he comes from he's at least he's grown in like a species kind of way you know at least gives us something but we could get that anyway from like all the transformation stuff yeah yeah i, I, I suppose I, I don't know this just felt redundant to me uh especially later on when we find out there's another one who's been living here for like 70 years i'm like okay mm -hmm. so we get it we get it like they, they do this they know how to do this you know i don't know um, I, I I thought it was going to be relevant or so like someone was going to find a photo of this guy and be like hey he existed before or something he was the first one to climb K2 <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, so um, but so we're introduced to Jennifer Conley who's a, a science teacher um, her TA tries to ask her out kind of and she politely says she can and that never comes up again it's, it's not relevant <laughs> yeah i guess it, it's just explaining a bit of her character that she's single and uh not interested in dating hmm yes i'm not sure how important this is still there's there's a lot of things at the start of this movie that feel like they're just here because like movies like this have these types of scenes at the start and not because it really tells us anything the, the first scene that really tells us anything uh i mean i suppose it tells us our job like uh, but it gives us that i suppose uh but like the, the whole interaction with him just because i was expecting him to pop up again some somewhere in the movie and he never does uh but it's when she goes home and we meet her her stepson that she's now the single parent of uh He's playing world of warcraft yeah awesome. so has a halo 3 poster as well the, the time period is like you know screaming at <laughs> you when you're watching this um <laughs> But, uh, He's alliance though, so yeah, he can die. It was like two years of my life, man. Come on, give me a break. <laughs> <sighs> oh, okay, Mister Hotshot, high <laughs> on your horse right now. I play more video games than you do. Well, probably. I'm not actually sure if I do, but I mean, I certainly match it. <laughs> but yeah, I'm looking down at you for World of Warcraft. Okay. Just because you were too young for it. I wasn't too young. I had friends who played it. <laughs> <laughs> and you didn't have the great internet to play it. Man, I was. I just didn't want to play it. <laughs> well, sucks to be you. Sucks to your ass, Mar. Because it's a fantastic game when it came out. I loved it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, we're introduced to them, and then basically right away she's not even served dinner when the government show up and say hey we need to bring you in and they've cleared a highway 
Uh, even the guy taker doesn't know what it's for. He's just got his orders, and they go to like a you know a, a, a college campus or something, wherever it is, uh, where the, the military's all taken over. And John Hamm knows who she is, and I thought this was weird. This is like a this is just a small nitpick, but it's a weird one where he sees her like in the checkpoint when she's coming inside, right, with all the crowd, and he says, "Hey, hey, that's uh, what's her name, uh, Helen." I don't even recognize. <laughs> Did anyone call her Helen the whole movie? Like, yeah. Helen, Helen, come here. Like, and he's, he gets like you know some of the soldiers to let her in, and rushes her in. It's like, hey, I, you know, I need to take you to the briefing room, and you need to explain this. And he rushes her in. The reason why I thought this was a little bit weird is because when we actually get the briefing, when they're in the room and he's explaining what's going on, and there's this unidentified object which is speeding up, and it's you know it's, it's course corrected, it's going to hit Manhattan in an hour. One of the guys she was talking to in like the truck that she came in with, who had to go through the crowd, is in here as well. And I thought, well, why did you rush her through? Because clearly, the other, all the other scientists and stuff who were on this truck got in here anyway on time. Well, he knows her personally, so I think he's going to give her more info so that she's prepared. And also gives her a reason to hold on to her cell phone. I don't buy any of that, but sure. <laughs> okay. She already had a cell phone uh, under her shirt before he said anything, and the, he rushes her straight to this briefing where everyone else is going to be anyway. So mm-hmm. the rushing her there accomplished nothing. Well, it's probably a deleted scene or something. <laughs> doesn't justify anything. It was weird. Uh, it doesn't bother me. <laughs> it's just, it's just, it just, I felt like it was trying to do this, like, uh, it's, it's trying to fake the the drama and the hysteria of like oh they rush her through this is all very like you know like last minute and we have to like you know tensions are high and it's all everything has to move quickly but then it kind of negated its own point i, I don't know like it, it felt phony to me like it was trying really hard to have this feel and just it was i did think it. it was strange that they called in all these emergency scientists only to let them know that we we have like what 17 hours max before it hits the no, 70 minutes like, 70 minutes before if before it collides with Earth anyway and everyone's just going to die according I mean that's what they assume is going to happen because it just looks like it's on a collision course yeah at the very least like Manhattan's screwed which notably uh I think they're near I want to say are they near Manhattan? I think they're in DC or the Pentagon or something so maybe like maybe Virginia or Maryland or something like that Okay, okay. Uh, Not too far, yeah. So so they're thinking extinction event kind of thing. Uh, obviously, it slows down, and this orb is, like, in Central Park, and, like, you know, we, they they come in, and they, lo and behold, the military shoot uh, Klaatu. He's, he's not human yet, you know, he just walks out. He's got, like, a, he's, he's sort of glowing a light. Uh, and Jennifer Conley, for some reason, she's allowed to be at the front in a hazmat suit. <laughs> she, she's important enough to... Well, that's what John Hamm told her when he pulled her aside early mm. so you're gonna you're gonna lead this you're gonna be in charge <laughs> uh so he gets shot and they have to take him in and uh as the op they, they get you know the surgeons operating on him like the the, the gooey like ex exterior skin starts peeling off and it's like oh this is like a cocoon or something and sure enough uh we get uh very matrixy actually wet keanu reeves and the goo Mm-hmm. <laughs> coming out the pod uh shaved head and everything yep yep his hair grows pretty fast actually now that you mention it well they said that it's an some sort of um f- fast growth version of a human okay can you say like here are the photographs over the last like three days and you can see his hair growing who cuts it i don't know it just grows in a perfect style did they say it's been three days mm-hmm. okay i missed that i missed that little detail uh, so, yeah, so Kathy Bates comes in and she's all like, hoity-toity, and <laughs> like, the, the president's in hiding because more aliens might show up, <laughs> so she's like the one that's out in, in the world acting as president, because mm-hmm. she's the Secretary of Defense, I think she said. Uh, yeah, I mean, <sighs> I don't even know where to go from here, I mean... <laughs> Uh, yeah, I I didn't I didn't mind her. I mean, she's 
she's very good at being uh, intimidating. She's a scary lady. She's just too one though. She feels like a parody of like a character I've seen in like ten other movies. I suppose. I mean, she's just there to be to represent uh, the government for us, for the for the audience. One of the things that was bugging me as the movie was going on actually is that it was very very clear what the subtext was and what he was saying, but all the humans were too stupid to understand it. You know, there's a mm-hmm. moment where uh, Jennifer Connelly says, "You know, are you a friend of us?" And he's like, "I'm a friend of Earth." Like, yeah. are, you, are you here to save us? I'm here to save Earth. And she's like, from who? And he gets, you know, he sees something and gets distracted. And I'm like, I wonder what you're saving Earth from. I wonder what it could be. He's he's Klaatu, but he's also the Lorax, you know, <laughs> speaks with the trees. <laughs> uh, just, so, so, by the time it, so by the time it clicks for her, like really late on in the film, where he's like, you're here to save Earth from us. And the music sort of swells up on like, yeah, a round of applause. She finally got it. Very good. I don't know. I mean, I had already seen it, so I knew what the what the what it was going to be anyway. But I'm not quite sure if if it would have been a surprise or not. Watching I, it for the first time now. It wouldn't have been. It's so obvious. <laughs> it's so obvious. Um, Sometimes I don't get the obvious. No comment. Uh, so <laughs> That's not true. You always get the obvious, Tara. No, that's not true at all. <laughs> I already know, I know what I am. It's all right. I'm pandering, okay? I'm just pandering. Yeah, I mean, yeah, she's there to represent the government, and she's the same character that um, a man played in the original film, and it was a lot more frustrating when those scenes where he's just like, I need to talk to world leaders. This concerns all of Earth, not just the president of the United States. Um, and just, yeah, with Kathy Bates in this film, it should work, but for some reason it's not working with me when I watch it. It's just not, I'm not feeling that same sort of frustration. Um, I'm not sure why exactly. It's because, it's because Klaatu doesn't come across with the same calm confidence that he does in the original film. In the original film, it feels like a, a smart being who is trying to reach out. And that's why you you side with him. That's why it doesn't work, because Keanu can never pass for a smart being. I'm not <laughs> saying that, but... I am an FBI agent. No, but the, the way the way he comes across in this, though, is, like, he doesn't, like, act kind. You know, he's very stoic in a way that the original Klaatu was not. So it's very hard to sort of sympathize with him although by the end i was rooting for him to like wipe out humanity but i mean that that's not because he was like winning me over it's just because humanity did the opposite <laughs> yeah 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 i mean i don't know if it's around this time or not that the world starts going into disarray everything's being looted and fires are starting and people just are leaving because they think uh, the earth is gonna it's the end of the world so they're just panicking yeah. So I guess what I'm trying to say is that it's not for some reason. It's, it's not just like happenstance that Kathy Bates' character and her resistance to Klaatu is not working. Like, there's, there is reasons for it. <laughs> there, there, you know, the, it and it's, it's a problem that is perpetuating throughout the movie is that th- this woman and her child are supposed to be the things that convince him that humanity should not be destroyed that they deserve a chance um and you know especially since the arc that sort of gives them this lesson which is that the kid eventually stops wanting them to be dead (laughs) and then eventually says that he's he's sorry he didn't didn't mean it that when he said that you know klaatu should be killed he he he, he's he's sorry about it um and then he has his heart to heart with his mother where he cries into her arms with the horrible acting that i was mocking earlier that made me laugh and this is the moment call her mom and this is the moment where keanu says humans have the ability to change i see that now and i'm like what why what about this told you that it and particularly in reference to you know not screwing up the planet what about this arc with the child and mother gave you that lesson well i mean it happens after he meets the professor who's telling him like well how did your species do it like surely you guys had some blunders along the way uh, but then you made it and he's like yes we did 
and John Cleese, the professor, is like, well, that's where we're at right now. But, you know, humans always change when we're at right at the brink of failure or right at the brink of whatever, destruction. Uh, that's when the change happens. So, I mean, well, Jaden cl- Smith has been, hold on, hold on. Jaden Smith has been a, a complete dickhead throughout the whole movie to Klaatu. And then he's about to run away from him in fear and fall off a bridge. But he gets saved as somebody saves him. And after that, he treats him like a person. He treats him like a friend. He treats him like with respect. And he the, the kid's not an asshole anymore to like anyone. He's good. He's nice to his mom. So that's like the visual thing that Klaatu sees. He sees this child go from somebody who is um, needs to change and won't change and is resistant to it to somebody who gets saved and says, okay, I know what's better now. My problem with the ending when he sees you know the, the son and mother have this heart to heart and says, uh, you know, uh, humans have the ability to change and you know, is this true? You know, like on the precipice is when you learn to evolve, and the arc here is not the humans; it's him. He 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 he's the one who's on the precipice and is cho- choosing to sacrifice himself to save humanity. And like th- this kid's arc, like I'm not saying this couldn't work. I'm not saying it couldn't work that he sees through one child, one person learning something about themselves that that could work. The problem is that this child's performance, and not even just the performance, I don't want to put it on the actor, the, the, the writing of this child is so one note. It's so nag, nag, nag. You're not my mom. My dad's dead. I wish my dad was here. My dad would kill the aliens. And then it flips completely. Right? After one moment, it just completely flips. And from then on, he's kind of nice to him. And he has a hard heart with the mother. And Keanu just sort of takes this as, oh humans can change but the problem is is that like most of humanity that's causing all the problems are all the adults they've already grown up <laughs> like, yeah there is nothing about this that is convincing to me that it's proof that humans will actually solve any of these other problems well i mean the the boy is supposed to represent like a, a microcosm of the macro so like if he could change then like we are at the obviously we are at the brink of destruction, not just of ourselves by ourselves, but you know, Gort is going to destroy us too, and has destroyed quite a bit of things already. So this is this is where we need a savior, and this is where you know Klaatu has to save us. Yeah, he becomes so Jesus. That we can change after he becomes Jesus, and this is bullshit. It turns Klaatu into this Jesus figure who sacrifices himself to save humanity. Mm-hmm. This is trait. Yeah, I think it would have been better if the other alien did it, you know? The one that actually, like, sees humanity as a failure, but chooses to stay human and die with them anyway because he loves them. Yeah, he's certainly far more interesting, to be honest, as a character. <laughs> well, Klaatu's a little dull in this, yeah. I mean, but- I, I'm saying, like, on paper, I don't think any of these ideas are bad. Like, I think it's okay. Yeah, Yeah, the execution's not great, and... You know, Jaden Smith was not good in this, and I don't know if it's his fault because I don't think he's a terrible child actor in other films I've seen him in. But you know, it's if I I guess I'm not as upset about it as you, but it definitely is. It pales in comparison to the original and how effective that was. And yeah, I, I think you're right. I think the idea of Klaatu having to have an arc to believe in humanity. Uh, maybe it's because of the message being changed from nuclear to nuclear destruction to climate change, where, you know, we need to have some hope for humanity. So if, if someone else can see it in us, then we can see it. I don't know. All of the climate change movies have been pretty disastrous, <laughs> you know, in their messaging um, and haven't really gotten anyone to see any light. So maybe it's just a, it's just not a message that we're able to really get through to people. Like th- this movie is so like generic and it's so hollow in its attempts to be a blockbuster to the point where Gort turns into nanites and starts like just eating people and materials. It just like disintegrates them. It's like, it's like it's chewing through them. So you get this scene where this truck is just like sort of disintegrated from the back and the driver's disintegrated. 
and it's disintegrating street signs and uh, it disintegrates like a, a person because they've got, they actually have Gort like traps not the right word because Gort can basically just leave whenever he wants he's not he's, he's, he's just not being attacked so he's not hostile yeah uh, but like, we get these scenes of like him just chewing through people and the idea is that every time it chews something it grows into more nanites so eventually it's just going to consume the entire like man-made world yeah, it looks like they're maybe like uh, the size of fleas, and every time it consumes something, it's able to regenerate or duplicate itself. So it's just this growing threat, you know, that's unstoppable and expanding at this, um, you know, infinite rate. That it, I actually thought it was a neat idea. I couldn't remember what they did when I was watching. When I was watching, I'm like, how does Gort? I know Gort becomes like a threat, and does he unleash a virus? I couldn't quite remember. And then when they showed it, I thought, oh, that's actually kind of a neat way. Like when you see them duplicate and stuff and it, it's intimidating, you know, when he's first, um, when he, when Gort first makes the little fleas appear and, uh, there's a guy in there and they're like, they're like, you can't come out because your arm's disintegrating. And, uh, you know, we see that happen and then it starts to come through the glass and then, um, coach Taylor dies, uh, which is, yeah. He was in this movie also, <laughs> Kyle Chandler. But yeah, basically when he when he like goes over to the orb and like sacrifices himself to turn off the nanites, it still like turns off every like like all the factories turn off, all the electronics turn off, the cars all stop moving. Um, so I don't know if the ending's actually just saying, oh, he's actually just like taking away all technology uh, and like we're all in the Stone Age again. That's, I wonder if that's inter- that's an interesting idea. So like if they. Because then maybe those nanites are still there. So if you start using electricity again, it can activate the nanites. So there's this constant threat. Because, I mean, the original film is, look, you guys have nuclear power. You guys have nuclear weapons. You're now a threat. And the only way that we keep our own civilizations in check, because there are many civilizations out there, planets out there, um, is that we have these police systems, which is if we start to turn on ourselves or on anyone else, these gorts will come out and destroy us so it's like our mutually assured destruction thing so maybe is that what they're saying with this is that the nanites if you guys start to create more technology then they'll reactivate and just destroy us i mean it's shit if that is what they're saying because well humanity's not learned anything they're just being policed (laughs) well i mean if that's what it needs to be in order to because the whole i mean klaatu has been saying from the beginning is not our world like we share this world so if we can't share with the other species on this planet then maybe we deserve to be wiped out and we haven't even talked about all the crappy scenes of the military trying to interact with gore and all the the bad kind of side characters who give one-liners as they try to like fly drones into gore and gore's like shooting them down or you know taking control of them and launching them into the tanks that are in central park or uh like there's a lot of like well, what else we're going to do now um and what's so weird about this is then the original film and the military tried to like do so- anything with gort it had a point because the whole point of the movie was that it was talking about conflict it was talking about conflict escalating into to fighting into warfare and ultimately into nuclear weapons it was part of the, the key theme but because the theme of this movie is supposed to be climate change and like how we're treating the planet like all of this is just like wacky side comedy pretty much it doesn't really serve much purpose i do think it's odd that uh they felt the need to name him gort because of an acronym oh yeah i hated this as well <laughs> no this was so, so stupid that... doesn't actually call him gort it's uh it's that, us that give him the name this is bullshit this is more bullshit remake and prequel nonsense is the name has to mean something so we're going to give it an acronym that spells gort and we have a character go, hey, the, these like military and their acronyms look crazy. These guys, right? I'm like, piss off, piss. Off. This is every shitty trope of 2000s Hollywood cinema. It is it, this? Yeah. This is garbage. Genetically organized robotic technology or something like that. I think it was that sounds right. It was something like that. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was dumb. It was a dumb line. Definitely didn't need to be there. Keanu just could have called him Gort at any point. Did he not say Klaatu Verata Niktu? I don't think so. At any point? I don't think so. Klaatu Verata. Yeah. I don't think he ever said it. Uh, You do get him fixing the formula on the blackboard. 
uh, for John Cleese to find. Which is, I mean, it feels like it's just there as a callback to the original. It doesn't really serve much purpose. Because mm-hmm. in the original, like, it's what kind of wins over the scientist, and the scientist is kind of, like, instrumental for the others to believe what he's saying and things like that. Uh, here, it's just kind of, I don't know. Well, Jennifer Connelly takes her takes him to the professor to say, look, the people you're trying to talk to, they're not really our leaders. This is our leader. I think her her reason for saying that is that she wants, you know, we respect scientists still on our planet. So, and this is somebody that you could probably have a conversation with and somebody who has an understanding in another way that you do. So I, I guess that's why they go to him. She does make the comment of, uh, oh, he won a Nobel Prize, and if he hadn't, if I hadn't framed it for him, he'd probably still be in, in a drawer. Which I guess was trying to imply that he's like a nerdy, slobby guy who doesn't care about things, but like it's a really nice place and it's very well decorated, so that kind of clashed a bit. <laughs> yeah, I don't think, because the ultimate end of this, this, this segment, though, is John Cleese telling her, you have to convince them, like it's going to, you know, like the only way to convince them is humanity, is to like make him connect with us and feel the need to save us um which conceptually i don't have a problem with but it it does make a lot of this segment feel like it is just it's just there to be a homage to the original because they want to have that moment in there where he fixes the formula i don't think it needs to be here it doesn't need to be him uh like you know it's just conflating things for the sake of it more than anything else um and then we get the big helicopter scene where he makes helicopters crash into because yeah, this thing we didn't even talk about what his powers were. We re-hinted at it earlier in spoiler free, but um he can like connect to electric uh like items, you know, whatever it may be. You can he can connect to any sort of electrical uh machine. He like revives a guy with a car at one point by like sucking all the energy out of the car and he could and this is after he actually he's the one who like crushes him between two cars because the cops try to arrest him and he like he makes the car fly into him and then he like resuscitates him with the the power of the the police car but the lie detector testing made me laugh out loud because the way this guy like sort of electrocutes when keanu reeves decides to like send a signal mm-hmm. back through the cables he sort of does this thing where he kind of slides under the table and goes back so it looked really goofy to me uh and then he like sends a signal through all of this the, the base and all the soldiers all start getting like you know head you know headaches they all start grabbing their heads he has all these magic powers he's, he's a lot more supernatural i guess in this version um which again makes him really intimidating to, to a point where you can see why people would be scared of him um mm-hmm. which you know I, I do think robs it of something and it's, and it's not just that I, I think it pales in comparison to the original because obviously it does, but I don't think it succeeds in anything it's doing in its own right. I also think it's a very ugly film. I think most of the performances are not good. Um, I think the the core emotional arc, which is the, the mother-son dynamic, like, I actively dislike them, especially the son, but I dislike both of them, to be honest. I, I think they're, they both have nothing in this. Like, Jennifer Connelly's character is a blank slate who is there to move the plot forward. Like, I feel nothing from her. Um, I, yeah, I didn't really mind her so much. I agree that the mother-son relationship doesn't really work. Um, and that is supposed to be, like, the heart of humanity that changes Klaatu's mind, but... You said you didn't mind her. That, that, I mean, that was a big leap from... I think I just... I like Jennifer Conley in, in general. Like, I don't think she's a... I, I enjoy seeing her, you know? But um, yeah, but listen to what you, listen, listen to what you're saying though. You're not you're not praising anything in the movie. You're saying I like seeing Jennifer Connelly. <laughs> <laughs> like that's a, that's an indictment. That is an indictment of the movie. That that's what you have to go to is oh I guess I kind of like some of these actors that are here. Yeah, I mean I I genuinely like Keanu Reeves. Um, I just don't think he's a very good Klaatu because he's just too dull. It doesn't work. Mm. And I like Jennifer Connelly. I think she's. She's fine in this. She's trying. I think maybe they just should have got a different person to play the, the the son that would have more chemistry with her. I mean, the rating is the bigger problem, though. I mean, his performance isn't good, but like the the rating of their relationship is very. I mean, it's very cliched for a start, right? It's it's very straightforward and it's very like you've seen it done before. Um, I I think. 
you know, rather than having a scene of Keanu Reeves in the mountains in the past, maybe the scene at the start that gave us some backstory is maybe a scene with the father to maybe give us a sense of what they've lost, perhaps. Um, I also think that because they just have them constantly talk about the fact that the father's missing and the dad would do this, dad would do that, like, sometimes less is more. And I think if you just saw them interacting with each other and you could get a sense that something's missing and it's kind of an awkward relationship, rather than them just spelling out. You know, like one of the first things they do in the same scene together is she's like, where did you get this? She picks up a, uh, you know, a razor. And she's like, where did you get this? And he's like, I found it in the bathroom downstairs. And she's like, this was your father's. I know, it's mine now. And I'm like, all right. Like, beat me over the head with what you're doing here, movie. Come on. Like, <laughs> like... You can do this in a way where where I, I can, like, get the sense of relationship. Like, give give me su- some subtlety for the love of all things, please. Mm-hmm. But no, it, it's, it's, it's constant. Dad would do this. Dad's not here anymore. Yeah. Well, I mean, he does kind of have a false memory of his father, right? Because, like, he keeps saying, oh, dad's a, dad's a killer. Dad would kill this guy. Uh, dad would protect us. Dad was, dad was the one who would save me. But... He he wasn't like he just has the his dad was a scientist you know just like just like her that's how they connected and you know had a relationship for him out of but um, he seems to think that because dad's gone he no longer has protection you know and she's not she's not going to do it she's not enough which I think is why I like the scene where Keanu saves him and then that changes his mind you know is supposed to work. Yeah, it's almost like the original film, which the the, the son kind of like latched on to Klaatu as like a potential father figure because he was missing that and his life made more sense. It's it's okay. It's at least Jennifer Connelly says like you know we can still fix ourselves. She has hope for humanity. Yeah, but even though even those are just like really generic lines that don't mean anything. Like she never convinces me. Like, like I'm, I'm sitting there going, I don't believe you. I don't believe me, can't she? <laughs> like, well, it could also be because this is like, what, 15 years later and we still haven't done anything about climate change. <laughs> yeah, I don't, think it, I don't think it was convinced at the time either, though. I, the problem is, is that it's all just surface level, like, you know, platitudes. There's, there's no real commitment to change. I mean, hell, the world leaders, like, our representation of the world leaders, which is Kathy Bates, never even, like, has a moment where she goes... Like, oh yeah, we do have to like change how we do some things. Like, she never even like accepts that. So, if if the character who's there to represent the rest of the world never even like acknowledges that a change should happen, even if it's not a case of oh, here's what the plan is and here's all the things we're going to do and here like it, that's too much to get into. And it, obviously, that's also answering the questions that we don't necessarily have answers for yet. So it's you can't really expect the movie to do that. But all all you would necessarily need is for her to just acknowledge that we need to do something especially since she was so against like even listening to him for most of the movie that would actually probably mean at least a little bit of something uh but she never does you know like she, she just looks out the window at the end as all the electronics are turning off and just i guess is just thankful they're not all dead because they thought they were all going to die but mm-hmm. um so it, it you know it becomes it becomes this it becomes just everyone's just glad they weren't murdered <laughs> rather than actually learning a lot of anything people did die though I think, yeah, I think some of people did die. But everyone who's left haven't learned anything. <laughs> well, we don't know. We don't get to see the aftermath. Well, that's not in the movie then, so uh, it's failed completely. That's not an excuse. Okay. Uh, it's terrible. All right, do you want to read it? <laughs> sure. Um, yeah, I do think the movie is a failure. Uh, just to recap my opening thoughts... Um, I don't think it's completely unwatchable. I think that the movie was at least trying to do something and it, it didn't make it, you know, it didn't, it didn't work, but it's, uh, I, I enjoyed a couple of the scenes. I, I like this, the scene where, um, he's being interrogated or, um, not interrogated, but doing the lie detector test and, uh, that all of a sudden turning on the other guy who's doing the, the questioning. <clears throat> I thought that was a fun scene. And I like the, uh, the scene with Gordon in the chamber. Um, but overall, yeah, it's not really worth your, <laughs> worth your time. Um, I'll give it a, a 4.5. It's a, it's a swing and a miss, but it's not, it's not the worst. Uh, I, um, 
I think it's soulless. I think it's an empty Hollywood blockbuster of something that shouldn't be a blockbuster. I don't connect with any of the characters. I actively root for humanity to die by the end of the movie. Uh, it's full of horrible CG. The action scenes that are there aren't even shot well. Uh, Scott Derrickson is not good at making me care about characters, and he's not good at capturing the moments on the film. It is generally quite ugly. Uh, I think this is a failure from a, a spectacle level. It doesn't work as an action movie. It doesn't work is a thoughtful science fiction film that the original does. It fails in just about every conceivable level. I'll give it a 2. I'll admit the 1 out of 10 that I gave it the first time I watched it is maybe slightly harsh. I'll give it a 2 out of 10. Okay. What are we doing next time? I don't know. Oh, uh, Jurassic World 3. Oh, that's right. <laughs> So, that should be fun. There you go. Uh, but yes, um, I will take this time to thank our Patreon producers. Thank you very much to Tyler Hess, Cindy Palacios, David Short, Bordenow, Christopher Moy, David Brown, Al Treisman, and Alison M. Fordyce. Uh, they are patrons at a higher tier, uh, but you can support us for less than that, can't you, Tara? That's right. If you enjoy our reviews, please check out our Patreon page. It's patreon.com slash TV. And if you donate as those $1 per month, you'll get access to bonus episodes for our show. So you can see what we think of the Trancer Saga or all sorts of films. Uh, the Giver, The Brain, the Tremor sequels. We just did one of those. Uh, we only got one left. And uh, I think Peter rated this movie lower than any of those sequels. So, <laughs> so just uh, head on over and check that out if that interests you. And at the $5 tier, you get access to these reviews a day early. Thanks. Yeah, there you go. Uh, obviously, get us on Twitter at Screamers Midnight. Um, but that is otherwise us. So thank you very much for joining us. We always appreciate it. Keep watching Science Fiction and Compure at Salsa. <laughs>